When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 161. Today's episode is all about how to use stress as an opportunity. Something good always comes if we look for it, right? This is knowing that everything that shows up in our life, the good, the bad, and in between is shown up for one reason. And that really is the spotlight, to highlight our next level of greatness. And right now, being able to have whatever type of holiday we get to have is an opportunity for us to say, my goodness, this is something to be savored, to be enjoyed to be celebrated because we've never had a year collectively like we've had this year. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends. First of all, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you're always updated about new episodes. Plus, you want to know basically the best way to give back to your favorite podcasts? Actually, go to the iTunes app and leave a five-star review. Reviews are scientifically proven to make me love you more. That's just how it is. I love you when you leave me a review. You sit in my heart for days at a time. No, but seriously, they really help the growth of the show. They're probably the number one thing that you can do besides supporting my sponsors or joining the membership. So it's an easy, free way to give back to a podcast you love. And if you do leave me a review, send it to me at mindlovemelissa on Instagram, and I'll send you a free meditation track. Today, I want to share a review from Nina Dimitrova from Bulgaria. She says, my must-have for good and bad days, a true guide to nurture the mind, the body, and the soul. I love listening to Melissa and the wonderful stories she and her guests are telling. Without knowing her personally, I feel like Melissa and the podcast are true virtual friends. So natural, authentic, and true, empowering the human nature while providing guidance, practices, and knowledge. One of the best podcasts ever. Thank you so much, Nina. This was such a heartfelt review. It made my whole day. For most of us, stress can feel inevitable, especially when we're right in the middle of the holidays, still navigating a pandemic, A lot of people are dealing with unemployment, and we know that stress has a pretty huge negative impact on our health. So I guess the question is, are we all screwed? Well, no, not if we're willing to examine our stress a little bit. So first, think about what really causes your stress. Just take a moment to think about something that you're stressed about right now, or maybe the last time that you were stressed. And ask yourself, Why exactly do we feel tension or frustration or anger? So last week, I had a particularly rough day. Our internet kept having glitches when I was trying to do interviews, and I had to spend two hours on the phone with support. I spent quite a long time struggling to get my email platform to integrate with another service, and I got in a political disagreement with a friend who I'm kind of used to seeing eye to eye on. So let's take a moment to reflect on why exactly these things registered to me as stressful. Well, I don't feel tense because my internet was shoddy. I feel tense because it should be seamless. 
I don't feel frustrated because I spent four hours troubleshooting an email service. I feel frustrated because it should work. I don't feel angry because my friend and I disagreed. I feel angry because she should see things from my perspective. Well, guess what the common thread in all of these internal conflicts is? Something happened, but it should have happened differently. A lot of us are always reacting to all of the shoulds that we have in our lives. And for the most part, we think this way because it's really all we've ever known. It's what we saw adults doing when we were growing up, and it's what we see our friends and coworkers doing now. So we react negatively or we'll snap at people and things because they don't fit how we think that things should be. And often what we fail to realize is that how we think things should be is really just a personal preference or even a habit. It's not some universal truth. And the consequences of living this way is that we're basically ruining our own lives moment to moment and letting something that could have just been fleeting and turning it into a whole mood that sends a downward spiral through our day. I want to read a quote from one of my favorite books that I've been referencing a lot in my own life lately, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. He says, it's not life's events that are causing problems or stress. It's your resistance to life's events that are causing this experience. Since the problem is caused by using your will to resist the reality of life passing through you, the solution is quite obvious. Stop resisting. Be willing to examine the process of resistance. In order to resist, you first must decide that something is not the way you like it. Plenty of events make it right through you. Why did you decide to resist this one? So I ask myself that question a lot. And a lot of that book is about the fact that we create our own stress by either resisting events or clinging to them. So we decide that we don't like it and we try to push it away or avoid it somehow. And basically, we end up going through it with just a lot more inner conflict. Or we cling to it and we don't want to let it go. And then when it inevitably disappears, we're super bummed out. Well, later he goes on to say that it is actually possible to never have another problem for the rest of your life. This is because events are not problems. They're just events. Your resistance to them is what causes the problem. But again, don't think that just because you accept reality, it means you don't deal with things. You do deal with them. You just deal with them as events that are taking place on the planet Earth and not as personal problems. You'll be surprised to find that most situations, there's nothing to deal with except for your own fears and desires. Fear and desire make everything seem so complicated. But isn't there so much truth in that excerpt? The whole book is definitely worth a read. All of his books are. But then the question becomes, so how do I do any of that? How do I step into the mindset where I'm not resisting or clinging to things? How do I use life to let go of all of my impressions of how things should be so that I can let go of the stress that they create? Well, you have to become very conscious, especially of that mental voice that starts resisting whenever you think that you don't like something. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Our guest is Dr. Drayvon James. She's the founder of Everyday Peace and the author of Freedom is Your Birthright. And her whole goal is to inspire others to build the life of their dreams no matter what shows up in their lives, good, bad, or otherwise. So three key things we will learn are how to stop resisting our stress, how to turn stress into an opportunity, and how to stop being bitter and remember why you're celebrating. But before we dive in, do you wish there was a way to start each day with a little antidote to your stress? Just sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational messages right to your inbox. 
I get messages from people every single day about how the morning mind love is their favorite way to start their day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. It's kind of like your own personal inspiration oracle. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power lists to help you gain clarity and live each day with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, text the word MORNING to 33777. That's MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Drayvon James to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Melissa. So what is your story and how did you originally find your calling? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. And I'm going to try to give you the shortest answer I possibly can. (laughs) But I think my calling kind of found me. I was uh, had just graduated from high school and was on my way to pharmacy school. It was the summer before I left for college. And my brother gave me a little book, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And he's uh, younger than me, but he I don't know what made him give me that book, but it really changed my life. So I read that little book and it's a tiny little book. If I read it less than 30 times, I read it over and over again that summer because whatever that book was doing for me and just making me feel safe and really grounding me in my existence, which is big for somebody who's 17, 18 years old. I have a 20-year-old now. And I think back to that time in my life and what that book did for me. And so at that point in my life, I had made the decision and the commitment that I was going to go to pharmacy school. Then from there, I was going to go to medical school. And that was going to be my service to the world. But in that book, when I read that book, I decided that whatever Norman Vincent Peale had done for me, that's how I want to serve the world. I had no idea. I had never heard the term motivational speaker or inspirational speaker. I, I, I didn't know at all how I was going to do that, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I think that's how the calling kind of came after me because I just couldn't let go until I felt like I was giving from a place that I had been poured into from, from that little book. I love that. I was just talking to somebody about how there's really the yin and yang of everything, the masculine and the feminine, and that the reason that giving feels so good is because it is the same energy as receiving. It's just the other side of it. And I thought that was such an interesting perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And we feel our best when we're giving, right? Because the quickest way to feel good when you're feeling down is to find someone to serve in some capacity and make sure that you're serving from a place of truth. You know, I, I used to always hear people say, oh, give till it hurts. I'm like, hmm, that's the wrong energy, right? But you, you give from this place where you feel this abundance in you. If it's nothing but a smile, giving from that place really ignites your life and gets you sort of balanced So that's what happened for me. I mean, I went on, I I did go on to study and get a doctorate degree in pharmacy. But throughout that entire time, I was consistently studying and researching what I now call peace. But anything that had to do with 
connecting with oneself and, you know, really getting on our own journey and communing with our own individual journey, whatever that looked like. And so I kept studying that. It's been over a 30 year study, but it's been so profitable in my life and in the life of other people as well. It's interesting because this episode will be airing right before Christmas. And Christmas is this time of giving. But as most of us can attest, it's also very stressful for most people. Why do you think, even though we are giving so much around the holidays, it creates so much stress? What do you think people are doing wrong? Well, first of all, we're losing whatever it means to us. We're all individuals. But whatever the season means to you, whether it means the birth of a savior, communing with nature, whatever it means to you, I bet at this at at the source, at the root, it does not mean going into a huge amount of financial debt. <laughs> right? So I think people get really, really stressed because they feel that they have are sort of missing the mark. They are not participating wholeheartedly in the practices that make them feel whole and connected to the season. What they've done is say, you know what, I'm going to follow what, you know, the media says it's supposed to be about. And there's nothing wrong with having a fabulous financial Christmas. But I think that's what happens with a lot of people. They get so tied up and I got to have this meal. I got to have this gift wrapped like this. I got to have this. And they're torn because inside they don't take time to explore it. But there is that part of themselves that says, this is not what this is about for me. I need to be giving from this place. And you don't think that place would be received well. You know, you want to go (laughs) give somebody a beautiful poem that you wrote, or you want to just sit with someone and hold their hand and reminisce. And you think, well, that's not going to be that well received. And so you hold back on that and think, well, I'll just go and charge one more thing or go stand in one more line. Nothing wrong with that. But if that's not charging you with the joy of the season, then you know that you you need to redirect, readjust in some ways, maybe cut back on that a little bit and pick up on some of those other things that your soul is crying out for. That's such a good point. I, it's funny because... There's certain areas of my life that I talk about that a lot and then other areas where there's just a disconnect and that what I'm talking about is following what feels good. Like if something doesn't feel good, then I know it's somehow out of alignment. But then there's other things like Christmas comes or like this big event or whatever it happens to be and it's just like, oh, well, I'm always stressed around this time of year. So of course I'm going to be stressed again. But to reframe almost everything in our lives and just say like, well, even if you've never questioned it before, what about this isn't feeling good? Why doesn't it feel good? Is it supposed to not feel good? What's it supposed to feel like? And just coming at things with curiosity, I think, can end up answering a lot of questions that we didn't even necessarily realize we were there. And instead, we were just (laughs) sitting there dealing with the stress one more year in a row, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Melissa, you're you're right on point. Because we do it sometimes. Sometimes we we connect with our feelings and we are so in tune with this does not feel right. But then other times we go back to well this feels familiar. It doesn't feel right, but it feels familiar. 
And the ego will settle for that because the ego doesn't want to be surprised, right? It's a creature of habit. And it says, well, you know, this may not feel good for you to be this stressed around the holidays, but you know we were this stressed last year and the year before and the year before. So we can handle this level of stress. We'll be just fine. Keep it going. Don't change anything because change is what we cannot tolerate, especially during the holidays, <laughs> right? Right. And so, you know, we have to really get ourselves, our ego, We this awareness, self-awareness. And I love that you brought up feeling so very much because oftentimes we don't spend enough time just asking the probing questions of curiosity. What is this that I'm feeling? And then not rushing for our brain, our mind to give us an answer, not you know, letting our ego rest and letting our body tell us what it is. Just sit with it and say, this feel, I feel something. We don't have to label it right away. You know if you like that feeling to stay or if you like that feeling to go. And just sitting and just acknowledging and say, oh, when I think about this, I get this feeling. Ah, well, I don't like this feeling. So what do I need to readjust? And this is not the feeling I'm looking for. And letting our body go through the process that loving process that takes time and awareness because we're worth it, right? It takes time and awareness and acceptance of where we are. That process that says, not this, yes, that. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word MORNING to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. I think one of the mindset shifts for me in that is that it's so powerful is that I think sometimes we look at life even the challenges and we're like okay it's another thing to get through something to build strength but in a way viewing things like that is also kind of accepting that life always has to be a struggle when we could frame it as everything is guidance instead of a strength builder. And maybe sometimes it's guiding you to build strength, but maybe other times it's just guiding you to let go a little bit more 
or to uh, one of the things that you talk about is basically stop resisting. And in that way, we're not necessarily struggling swimming upstream. We can choose to just kind of roll onto our backs and, and float with the stream instead. Oh, and then that just made me smile, the whole imagery of that, you know, because yeah, what Oftentimes, we are tempted right away is to get resistance, and we know that resistance is the quickest way to bring that which you're resisting in greater capacity into your life. You know, if you want to build a muscle, you do resistance organ exercises. It builds the muscle, right, in that area where you're practicing the resistance. And that's the same thing when we get to this place and we try to resist something. It We get firm in our position, and we decide that we will not accept change, and then we start all of a sudden attracting, because we've got so much energy around us, we start attracting more things that require or asking us to present with more resistance. The universe is, you know, we're playing a game, you know, and it says, oh, you want more resistance. Okay. <laughs> and we get more things that are undesirable when there is this option that you just said is to, to relax and, you know, and, and go with the flow of things. That's very challenging because the ego is so, you know, I, I'm not one of these people who's down on the ego and thinks, oh my goodness, you know, got to fight the ego. That is, I believe, a waste of time because in my mind, I see the ego as being like a two-year-old child and I have a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old. And I remember those two years <laughs> when they were two with fondness because they are so aware and so alert. And one thing that they're super aware of is anything that makes them uncomfortable, taking the toy away or moving this. Or makes them very aware that I have potentially been wronged. And this is how I'm going to solve that problem. Now, when you think about two-year-olds and how they solve their problems, we all kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> you know, there's a little brace ourselves for the hollering and the screaming and the tantrum. But that's how I, I see our ego. It's super sensitive to situations that make it feel threatened. And that's great because it, we need to have our awareness that something's going on that needs our attention. However, Ego then goes in and tries to give us the solution. Now, which one of us would take the solution from the two-year-old? We just wouldn't, right? We'd say, okay, you know, I see that you're upset about this, but this is why you can't play in this area. We, you soothe the two-year-old, you know, redirect them. That's the same thing we have to do with the ego. I say, you know, this is not the time to put up resistance. This is the time to be soothed into awareness, maybe even acceptance. We don't know yet, but let's just take a moment. Let's not get so tense. Let's not get so stressed out. Let's just take a moment, put our defenses down and allow. Let's go into the state of allowing and become, you know, you said you hit the, the nail on the head when you said become curious. Curiosity is our friend because it can use that energy, that stress energy. It uses any energy and it's childlike. It's like, oh, what's this and what's that and what's this? And it gives the ego something to do to calm down, allows us to calm down and become more creative and accepting. So then, yeah, the letting go is, is key. Right. I'm so glad you said that about the ego. I actually did a whole episode on that uh, because especially in the spiritual world, you just hear so much like ego is the enemy or drop the ego. And I mean, I've that was a big part of my learning too. I thought the ego was something that I needed to overpower in a way. But now I view the ego as kind of a representative of the human experience. And so I live in like this duality where it's like, oh yeah, my ego is throwing a fit over here. 
but you don't just like slap it and then put it in the corner. Like that's not healing it at all. You've got to actually listen to what it's trying to tell you. Yeah. Give it some of that like inner child love, whatever it needs and, and draw, bring attention to those things and see if you can integrate it with the spiritual experience rather than just overpower it because otherwise we're living in one world more so than the other when i think the we're here having the human experience for a reason <laughs> yeah yeah i love that you know so often we hear that about fighting the ego and it's, it's so exhausting because you're right this is the duality of self and it, with everyday peace i really function under the premise that everything that shows up in our life, the good, the bad, the in-between, the ego, has shown up for one reason, and that is to bow down and serve us as we consciously move to our, towards our next level of greatness. And so that means that we need everything. We need awareness from everything. It doesn't mean that we have to act on everything, but whenever my ego gets triggered, and, and it does get <laughs> triggered, you know, it's an opportunity for me to say, hey, what's going on? What did I miss? Slow down. You know, the same way what I would do when I had two-year-olds is that, okay, hold on, what, what, what just happened? You know, mommy missed that. Okay, let's see how we can redirect it. Did, did the toy just fall? You know, is this a disappointment for myself? You know, this is me talking to me. Are we disappointed about something? What's going on? It's time to be introspective and to look within and say, what hurts? How can we self-soothe? Okay, we're good. I love even just that shift of stress being an opportunity because I am, I think mindset shifts have been one of the most powerful things that I've been able to do in my life because it's like, oh my gosh, this doesn't feel good. How can I just shift this simply? And sometimes it's as simple as just calling it by a different name and stress comes up and it, and we tend to treat it like some flare up <laughs> that we're like, oh my God, now we're stressed and now I'm in this and how do I get out? But it's like, Oh, now I'm in this, but it's it's an opportunity to breathe, to slow down. What I've found, though, is because of that ego, sometimes, a lot of the times our stress is there during a time when we don't feel like we have enough time. We're rushing or we've got 19 things to do. And it's like, I don't have time to slow down and ask myself what I need. How do you personally deal with that to kind of talk yourself into it? Oh, I love that question because that's my everyday state. <laughs> I feel like I don't have time. I don't have time. And somewhere along my life's journey, someone told me this. And, and it, when I get there, I sort of smile and it brings me right back to I do have time. It is imperative that I do it now. Because someone said, if you were driving your car and you were late for work, but you your gas light was blinking and you had about... 15 miles to go and you had about two miles of gas. And if you stopped for gas, you were going to be late. But if you didn't stop for gas, <laughs> the car was just not going to you know, move any further. And I always think about that. Do I have time right now to deal with me when I'm still in a state where I can be soothed rather quickly? brought back to consciousness rather quickly? Or would I like to delay this for a couple hours until I'm in a full fit of rage of stress, right? And I'm unproductive, you know, in my own personal life, in my professional life. I'm, I'm not serving at my highest point for my clients and people. Which, which is it? I have two choices. And I, and I always go back to, I'm going to take these 
minutes, whatever I need. You know, sometimes it's really just 30 seconds to do a quick breathing exercise, to look myself in the eye in the mirror and tell myself how much I love love myself and that I am safe. You know, because a lot of the stress comes from believing that there is lack, lack of time, lack of opportunity, lack of money, lack of resources, that there is lack. So reminding myself, I live in a world of abundance. There's no lack. So I take those 30 seconds. Sometimes I have to take 10 minutes. Sometimes it's longer. I've you know, got to do some affirmations. But I do that because I know that this vehicle that I'm driving is a car. We could, we could say this is a car. And, and eventually it's going to run out of gas, run out of patience, run out of creativity in the moment if I don't stop and refuel. Right. I think very similarly when it comes to writing to-do lists or planning my day or meditation. Because both of those at times in my life have felt counterproductive. I'm like, I don't even have time to do all the things on this list, let alone plan the list. So I'm just going to start doing. But what I found is that when I'm acting without a plan, I'm a lot more scattered. So it takes me so much longer. I end up doing things that aren't necessarily moving the needle forward. And so now I know even if I'm short on time, it is always worth it to first stop and plan out the day or plan out all the steps in this project, whatever it happens to be. And same with meditation, where it's just like, when I'm feeling stressed out or when I'm in a hurry or I have a bunch of things to do, it's hard sometimes to sit down and be like, okay, well, I think the best thing to do right now is absolutely nothing for the next 15 minutes. But every time that I do, I find my center instead of being so scattered. Like I'll, I'll notice specifically with social media addiction and things like that. When I'm feeling scattered in a day is the last that I want to go to my meditation pillow. I'm just like, I'm already scattered. How am I even going to sit there for that long? But if I keep going the way I'm going, I tend to pick up my phone more often. I tend to get a uh, distracted by email notifications and whatever. But if I actually take that time to find my center and to find a little bit of stillness and allow those thoughts to clear, yes, a lot of the times the first 10 minutes is kind of miserable. It feels like I'm like like sorting through a messy room or like it, it, it feels like an unproductive time of meditation. But the last five minutes, sometimes even just the last one minute is finally when things start to clear. And then my day feels a little bit more clear. I feel like I have more control over where I focus my attention instead of letting everything on the outside grab me. Yeah, I love your analogies. It made me think the whole time. I guess I'm just going to be staying on the baby thing because we had that conversation <laughs> before you started because I think about that all the time. It's like when I don't feel disciplined enough to meditate. And that happens to all of us. It's like, okay, I am spinning right now. I'm not going to be able to do that. And I go back to, you know, when my kids were small and they wouldn't, I, I knew they were exhausted. And that's why all this bizarre behavior was happening. Right? <laughs> and, uh, but you couldn't get them to, to lie down or to even to sit down. But one thing that always worked is if I wrap my arms and my body around them and just sort of like rocked and, you know, in this playful way. And after a while, they'd give into that, right? And you could feel them letting go, right? They just start to let go. And so that is the same way 
um, that I rock myself into meditation or rock myself into to-do list. I love that you say that because sometimes a to-do list, just the idea of writing one is more, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So, but then, you know, and I got this from my grandmother. She used to say, you know, if you just sit and just rock just a little bit, right? And it would work so much for me that I would just start to rock and say, okay, we're getting ready to meditate. I may just be rocking for 10 seconds, but all of a sudden I could feel like my ego, that part of me that just needs to be busy, that needs to be worried, that needs to think the sky is falling, sort of like, ah, and start to settle down. And believe me that when we come out of this meditation, whether it's going to be five minutes or 35 minutes, when we come out of this meditation, the world is going to be realigned for us. When we sit down and write the first our top three items that we need to accomplish within the next two hours, the world is going to realign for us. And in that state, you know, just calming it down for just that moment, it's really susceptible to being soothed. It really is in that state where it believes you, like you become the parent of your ego, which is really what the ego is looking for, is for someone to know a little bit more than it knows. So it doesn't have to work so hard. It just doesn't believe that we do. So once you get it calmed and you say, you know, this is where we are. And I always start with acknowledging, like I acknowledge the fact that you are spinning right now and you believe that, you know, just turning around in circles is going to be productive. But what if we try this? That self-talk is so important. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. 
therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash MindLove. Right. That acknowledgement is another learning process for me because I remember in the beginning of my self-growth journey, the idea of acknowledging it seemed counterproductive. It, it was like at that point, I thought the best thing I could do was overpower it. Be like, I'm not stressed. I'm feeling fine. And I just end up looking like a crazy person because my eyes are bulging out of my head and I'm like, I'm just fine, guys. But like that acknowledgement is often the first step to soothing it because it's like these emotions are like tiny children where they where they're gonna scream until you acknowledge them. And so I found that when I overpower them, it'll that's when I end up snapping or it, like it's like my tank gets full and I I can't really handle it anymore. But that acknowledgement, yeah. even just that acknowledgement alone, can do so much for soothing. I used that a lot when I was healing from my eating disorder. I had bulimia for a really long time and I was very ashamed of it. So the idea of acknowledging it while I was trying to heal was really difficult for me. But one of the hands down most helpful things that I did was talking out loud to myself when I felt triggered during that healing process. And so I would actually say like, right now you want to eat this thing that's a trigger food for you. What's going to end up happening is you're going to have another one and then another one, and then you're going to make the decision that you're not keeping this food down, and then you're going to binge. And I would actually say the hard truths that I was ignoring that otherwise I would have been ignoring through the process of doing it. And instead, they would have had the power, they as in the process. Whereas I immediately took back the power by just bringing it to light and giving a name to it. And I still use that when I am very stressed out or anxious. A lot of the times I don't even really know that that's what's going on. But I'm like, okay, the trigger for me now is that I don't feel good in my body or I feel like I'm irritated to everybody. What's actually going on? And just start speaking what I'm feeling and give it a voice. And not only does it disempower it somehow, but it also allows me to hear it from a new perspective, which often gets it out of my head and helps me create a plan that's going to work for me instead of just letting all these ideas swirl around in my brain. Oh, I love that. Yeah. When that talking, and it's so important, when we when we acknowledge what we are feeling, we're doing all these <laughs> little kid analogies today, but I hope it works. But so it's like the boogeyman under the bed, you know, when the light's out and you think, oh my gosh, what's that shadow? What's that shadow, right? And so that's how these counterproductive feelings or thoughts and ego experiences act in our life. 
because the lights are out and we don't want to talk about it. We want anybody to know we're feeling and the shadow gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. Once we turn the light of awareness on and say, oh, I'm aware that I'm feeling this without shame, without condemnation, without any blame. This is what I'm feeling. And I'm honest enough to admit to myself that I am feeling this way. All of a sudden, the lights come on and the shadows disappear. The ego just wants to be acknowledged. It wants to know that you know that I'm here. Okay, so you know that I'm here. And then you talk. I love how you talk. Okay, so I've been here before. You know we've been here before. And when I do this, this happens. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And when that happens, this happens. And all of a sudden, you've talked yourself right back into your complete consciousness and we're good. And this is not a process, by the way. It may go away. You may not have to do it for that one thing. It That may subside. But this is not a process that's one and done. This is for life. This is what I call adulting 101, is that we really have to be able to parent ourselves, to parent that ego, to, to parent ourselves through this experience called life, knowing that we have the conscious mind. We've seen this before. We've felt this before. It's not our first time feeling this. This, however, could, if we really stay aware, shine the light of awareness on it, accept ourselves without any shame, guilt, or condemnation. You know, we're not going to use harsh words to readjust. We're going to use acknowledgement and love and, see, and, and, and history, which is great. You know, we talk about not using, not going back to the past. And we all know that we don't, we, all of our power exists here in the present, but the past comes along when we're weak. It comes along and starts reminding us of, of our failures and this and that. And this is how we use that, you know, everything in everyday peace. We use everything to help us to reach our next level of greatness. So when the past comes knocking on our door to remind us, well, this is the person that you were yesterday or an hour ago. And we say, yes, I did do that. And how'd that turn out for me? <laughs> right. So thank you for reminding me. So now I'm very clear on the fact that we're trying something new because what I have learned in the words of Edison is 10 trillion ways not to get the result that I'm looking for. <laughs> and that's one of them. <laughs> we kind of talked about earlier how some of the stress, especially around the holidays, comes up because of at least the expectations that we perceive that others have on us. But I know myself with the holidays, sometimes those expectations aren't just perceived, they're actually real, especially when you're getting all of the your family members involved with something and all their different personalities. And right now, there's just so many more layers to people's stress because depending on their political affiliation, I mean, there's political differences within families. There's fear because of the unemployment that many people are experiencing. Who knows what will be happening with the pandemic by Christmas or by 2021. So there's just so many layers right now where I can imagine that the stress of the holidays is amplified for a lot of people. And so I'm curious, do you deal with stress the same way when it's sort of self-induced, like we've been talking about, and when it's brought on by other people or maybe the expectation of your parents or grandparents or, or other family members? How is it different and how how do you cope with it? Oh, that's an excellent question because, you know, stress, self-induced stress and you know, I call it exogenous stress when somebody really is expecting you to do something that feels like it's heroic to you and that maybe you can't reach that level of expectation. And that causes a whole nother cascade of stress and emotions in our body. And so the first step 
is awareness, always awareness of what you're feeling. And but then equally important is acceptance of that individual. You know, because part of we're, we're such great people, really, is that we really don't want to disappoint anybody. And so a couple of things happen. We get really stressed knowing that your expectations exceed what I can do, my limitations at this point, whether they be financial or physical or what have you, emotional. And then there's a part of us that also gets angry at the individual. But, you know, that's a really raw emotion that we don't want to use a lot. But we're angry for you because you want this. And I like to deal with that anger and then affirm everyone's right to want what they want. You have a right to want that. That's okay. And I love that you, so I go into the space of just accepting that you can want that. Now, the the interesting and the creative part of this process is to not let that individual wants diminish my happiness or my, my source of peace, knowing that I am not going to be able to, or, not, or maybe even not choosing to be able to meet that want. So I do that work first. It's affirming the person in my heart, in my mind for... Um, being in a place where they can express their wants. And then I affirm myself for loving on myself so very much and knowing that I'm still wonderful. In fact, I'm even more wonderful because I'm honest. And I had a conversation with anybody but myself up until this point because all of this work has to happen before I can even come to you and say, hey, Melissa, I know you were wanting for this for the holidays. And unfortunately, this year, I'm unable to have another seven-hour marathon of cooking for whatever reason. I mean, I choose to provide a reason, right? But this is what I am willing to do. And this is what I am willing to do. And I understand that this may not meet what you were initially looking for, but I hope that it will in some way be a, provide pleasure and joy to you. That's it. That's it. And, you know, and, and then I accept the fact that, guess what? You have a right to do. Do I have the right to diminish and take away your freedom to be disappointed? That's a human emotion. You have a right to be that way. But my ego kicks back in and says, oh, Melissa's upset with me. And now that stresses me out. Instead of saying Melissa has every right to be upset. I am not in control of her emotions. Right? I'm not seeking and playing this control game where I'm trying to control you with my giving. I'm trying to control you and control your emotions with my over-obligating, you know. No, I'm going to a place of honest love and first being honest that this is what I can do. This is what feels right to me. Again, going back into the body because the body doesn't lie. You ask me for a seven-hour cooking uh, marathon and my body tenses up (laughs) and I love to cook, but seven hours straight, a bit much, right? And so my body tenses up and I have to figure out, well, what can we do? What feels right? And how can I help you in your time of need and still honor me? That's important. And that takes work. And too often what we ought to do is avoid doing the work on ourselves because we think that we, the self, can take one more. We could take it. We could take it. We, you know, we're, we're constantly piling on more and piling on more instead of taking the time to be honest. We're not working that muscle enough leaning into this and said, this doesn't feel right. How can I keep moving in the direction of feeling right until I hit something that feels balanced? Right. There's actually so many things I was thinking while you were sharing even just that simple exercise. Because I think that oftentimes these little actions that we take have more power than just what's 
being done on the surface. And a few things come to mind. First of all, I have noticed that the way that I view other people is a mirror on how I view myself. And so when we're sitting there saying, you have the right to feel that and accepting people for those emotions, we tend to be a lot more compassionate with ourselves when we're upset. You know, it's like, I feel super disappointed that my husband won't do this for me right now. And maybe I know deep down, okay, I get all of his reasons, blah, 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 but I still feel the disappointment. And then I beat myself up because I'm like, I'm not evolved enough or whatever it is. But just allowing yourself, okay, yeah, you feel disappointed doesn't mean you need to do anything about it. His reasons are perfectly valid. And so you end up having more compassion with yourself just by first practicing with other people, which sometimes is easier than it is practicing on yourself because you have different expectations for yourself somehow. You know what I mean? And then the other side of it is that allowing them to be disappointed and not expecting yourself to fix it also flips around to the other side because I think sometimes we tend to use our emotions in a manipulative way, whether we realize it or not. Like, it's like, I'm really upset. I'm throwing a fit over here. Why is that person not asking what's wrong? Why is that person not changing their behavior? Because I am clearly upset. But the more that you allow other people to just go through their emotions without having to fix it yourself, I think the more you'll appreciate that process on your own and stop expecting other people to fix the wounds that you've just activated, if that makes sense. Oh, I love the wounds that you've just activated, right? Because they're going to be triggers. They're going to be things that happen, but it really is up to us how we view this, what we choose to take from this. And stop, and here's another thing you said that's so beautiful. Stop wanting to go into fix-it mode for somebody else because really we all know that it's easier for us to fix someone else's situation than it is for us to really look honestly at ourselves and say, this is some internal work that I need to do. We avoid that. And also, one thing that I've been really focusing on, the last half of this whole, well, since the lockdowns that we've been experiencing here in California, because I was going through a pretty dark period for a while. I was dealing with first trimester sluggishness and nausea, like a lot of the fear, the collective fear that's happening in my state, not being able to do all the things that we used to be able to do. And I was just feeling dark for a while and I had to get out my tool belt and use pretty much every tool I've ever been given to turn things around. And one of the things that has been the most helpful was bringing back the idea of celebration and trying to bring celebration into every single moment. And remembering that like when you're on vacation or something like that, or you're celebrating somebody's bachelorette party, like at any given moment, you can stop and be like, okay, we're celebrating. Everyone take shots, whatever it is. But we get stuck in these mundane routines day after day or or maybe the pressure we've been putting on ourselves because of what's going on outside. And we forget that every day can and should be a celebration. And the holidays are supposed to be that. They're supposed to be a reason to gather and to celebrate your life and to reflect back on the year. And we've commercialized it so much that we've put the emphasis on all of these things that in the end aren't the memories that are created, that aren't what we're actually there for. Instead of being so joyful that we're getting together with 
the family members you can get together with this year, thinking about what they're each expecting from us or how what we have to do next and not being in that moment. So I'm curious for you, how do you bring back the idea of celebration into more moments just to help ease that stress? Oh, very deliberately, let me tell you. Very, very deliberately, because I was a person who would go long stretches and do lots of stuff and never stop to celebrate myself or even I'd do other things to celebrate other people. But it was always in a rushed in and with an end goal, like, OK, we're going to do this and then, you know, move on to that. It, it occurred to me that I would love to live 90 percent of my day celebrating. Right. And how could, and that sounds like a lot of celebrating, right? But I still got 10% and that 10% of work or whatever I'm having to do, I'm going to do with so much robust energy, everything I have into it, but I am going to make sure that I, I celebrate everything. I celebrate making sure I get out of the house on time. That's And celebrating, is it could be different things. It's, it's a moment and just, yeah, that was a good job because there were all these temptations not to get up and not to do this, not to do that. And it pours over into my social life. There's a phrase where I tell my kids, I have one in, a senior in high school and a senior in college. I said, you know, um, work hard, but play harder because it is doing the celebration time that we get recharged to do the awesome work that you're going to do. And it doesn't mean you need to go out and spend a whole bunch of money. It's a conversation with a friend, some time to sit back and just smile and laugh, especially coming out of or being in the midst of, where it depends on where you are, of this uh, COVID-19 situation and thinking about the holidays and time to get together. My hope is that people will use this time to really be excited about maybe we're going to have a small socially distanced gathering, but it's going to be a social event. And it's going to be about celebrating our time together. Not only the meal, the meal you know, whether we have big meal or we have hamburgers and hot dogs, it's going to be this true appreciation of something that has been taken from us, which is that this time of celebration of family and friends and just communing and just sitting and holding space with each other. So I'm very deliberate about it. I'm I'm very deliberate about making connections with people and having that as part of my celebration and starting off quite honestly, I have five minutes, but it's you that I want to spend those five minutes with. Right. And going back to what we said before about stress being an opportunity, you know, chaos and crises are also opportunities. And maybe that's the blessing of this year is that things have been so mixed up for people. It's almost impossible to do it just like you've done every other year. It's the perfect excuse to try something new that might potentially feel better that you carry on when all this stuff isn't going on, like that, okay, let's put more emphasis on togetherness or on appreciating each other through gestures instead of gifts or whatever that means to you and your family. It's an opportunity to try something new. And it's such a perfect opportunity because no one would fault you for it at all this year because, again, things are so different. So, it's yeah. it's just bringing a fresh perspective to it. <laughs> and you're right. This is the and something good always comes if we look for it, right? This is knowing that everything that shows up in our life, the good, the bad, and in between is shown up for one reason. And that really is the spotlight, the highlight, our next level of greatness. And right now, being able to have whatever type of holiday we get to have um is an opportunity for us to say, My goodness, 
this is something to be to be savored, to be enjoyed, to be celebrated, because we've never had a year collectively like we've had this year. Well, thank you for all of the wisdom that you shared today. I, I think it's the perfect time for this episode right before Christmas when I'm sure people's emotions, maybe tension can be a little bit higher. And just a reminder a few days before to release that and see what you can step into with all the extra space that you've created. So thank you again for everything that you shared today. And for listeners that are interested in learning more about you and your book, where can they connect with you online? You can connect with me on my website, which is www.drdrdravonjames.com. And the book is available on Amazon. It is Freedom is Your Birthright. It's a tiny little book. You will it will packed with information. And if I may, I'm giving away something free this month. I'm giving away Discover Your Passions, a free seven-day course. And you can just email me at DrayvonJames at gmail.com with the word free in the subject line. And that will be your holiday gift from me to you. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 161. So your challenge for this week is to examine your stress. I know, I know, our tendency is to want to turn away from it, which is then just resisting our stress, which itself is already resistance. So let's drop that habit and try to step into something a little bit more empowering. So start to actually get curious about what your stress is. We tend to place the blame on things outside of ourselves or on surface level things that aren't actually at the root of what we need to deal with. And when we get to that root, usually what happens is we find out there's an old wound there or there's a fear or a desire that we're afraid won't be met. Once we can uncover that, we're given more options on how to handle it in a healthy way instead of just lashing out or letting our mood spiral and ruining our whole day. I mean, think about it. Your life is really just a series of moods. One simple thing can set off your whole day. And be honest with yourself, how often is that happening? How often are you destroying huge sections of your life because you haven't yet figured out a healthier way to deal with life circumstances? Haven't you ever seen those people who just seem happy often and wondered what's their secret? Well, it's this, it's a different mindset. And usually it's that awareness, that reflection that allows us to really see what's holding us back. It's not some huge shift we need to make. It's just small shifts moment to moment. It's that willingness or that intention to decide to grow and to be willing to take one problem that you think you have at a time and reframe it into something that you can deal with. So let me know how it goes. Reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa. I have been on a kick of sharing more stress-related or getting through the holiday tips on Instagram. So check out my stories there. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show and you like this episode, please hit the little subscribe button. And if you're feeling like an overachiever, leave a five-star review. Those are so, so helpful. And I want to wish you all Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. I just want to step into celebration with you. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into Your Higher Frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next.